Hello and welcome to Awaken with Erica Jade, the podcast that takes you on a journey of self-discovery and transformation. I'm your host, Erica Jade, a certified holistic health coach, Reiki master, yoga teacher, NASM personal trainer, and former NFL cheerleader. Here we are all about diving deep and getting real while embracing a holistic approach to health, spirituality, and lifestyle. Each episode, I'll be taking you through expert interviews and personal stories that are packed with insights, tips, and practical tools for awakening your mind, body, and soul. My goal is to help you align with your authentic self and create a life filled with joy, purpose, and abundance. So if you're ready to transform your life and unlock your true potential, then let's get started. Prepare to awaken. Hello, love. Welcome back to another episode of Awaken with Erica Jade. This is the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of human consciousness and all things mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erica Jade, and in today's episode, we're going to be exploring the power of our beliefs. Throughout this episode, we'll be unraveling the intricate dynamics of the belief effect, also known as the placebo effect, and I'll touch on how you can actually use confirmation bias to help you with your manifestations. So if you've ever wondered about the mysterious influence of our thoughts on our experiences, this episode is for you. The belief effect and confirmation bias are two fascinating phenomena that shape our perception of reality in ways that we might not always be fully aware of. A lot of this is happening subconsciously. Before I jump into my own conclusions around the connection between the placebo effect, cognitive bias, and manifestation, let's get into the facts around what the placebo effect is and what cognitive bias traditionally is, and then how you can use it in manifestation. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist, but I do consider myself to be a deep thinker and I enjoy researching. So I've researched quite a bit around these topics. And here's what I've found while doing some self-study to share with you all today. I've found an interesting article on medical news today titled, Is the Placebo Effect real. It was written by Tim Newman in 2017, so several years ago now, but it still applies, and I think that this is a great jump-off place for us to dive into today's discussion. The article states, placebos have been shown to produce measurable psychological changes, such as an increase in heart rate or blood pressure. However, Illnesses that rely on the self-reporting of symptoms for measurement are most strongly influenced by placebos, such as depression, anxiety, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS, and chronic pain. Now, I don't believe in coincidences. There is no coincidence that the placebo effect more strongly influences illnesses that rely on self-reporting of symptoms. If you believe that you are getting better, then you are getting better. If you truly believe that the treatments that you are going through are benefiting you and whatever illness you're facing, you are getting better. 
the placebo effect applies in all areas of our lives. It is the belief effect. If you believe something to be true, then more likely than not, you are going to experience what you believe to be true. The placebo effect was first recognized and demonstrated by English physician John Haygarth. This was in 1799, so a while back. In order to demonstrate how the placebo effect worked, he decided to try an experiment where he used a very popular treatment of his time known as Perkin tractors or Perkins tractors. These were metal pointers that were supposed to draw out disease from the body. They were a very expensive treatment option. So he decided that he would do the same treatment, but with wooden rods or wooden tractors that were dummy tractors. They were just pieces of wood. They weren't the metal tractors that were used in this very expensive treatment. So he did treatments with both. And what he found was that the wooden pointers were just as useful and just as effective as the expensive metal ones. This was the first real demonstration of the placebo effect. Even though the word placebo had been around since 1772, this was the first demonstration that really showed that it was possible to elicit the same results using something that involved your imagination. So it showed what a powerful influence your imagination has on diseases and on the effects of treatments for diseases. He actually ended up writing a book on the imagination as a cause and as a cure of disorders of the body. Um, hello, the title says it all. Your imagination can be a cause and a cure of disorders in your body. I am fascinated by all this. I love talking about this because your mind is so powerful. You can think yourself sick and you can think yourself well. And I actually am reading another book right now called When the Body Says No, It's How Stress Affects the Body, and it's very, very interesting. There has been so much research, and there are so many studies out there that prove this to be true. Your mind is so powerful, and stress can cause disease. Not even can cause disease. Chronic stress causes disease. Trauma can cause disease, unresolved emotions, issues within your mental or emotional state can be manifested and will be manifested into your physical. So the placebo effect is a wonderful example of how we can use our mind to help us get well, but it also speaks to how we can use our mind or subconsciously without realizing use our mind to prevent any treatments from working and to stay stuck, essentially. If you do not believe that you can get better, you will not get better. It's as simple as that. If you truly believe that it is a lost cause and that treatments are not going to work for you, they are not going to work for you. You might have some small improvements, some physical changes, but overall healing, full healing will only come with the belief that you are able to heal. If you don't believe that you're able to heal, or if you're not willing to put in the work to change your mindset around your healing journey, you are going to stay stuck and you are going to stay sick. Now, going back to Tim Newman's Is the Placebo Effect Real article, 
He shares some interesting information about how the strength of placebo interventions will vary depending on many different factors. So, for example, an injection causes a stronger placebo effect than taking a pill or a tablet. Two tablets work better than one. Capsules are stronger than tablets. And larger pills produce greater reactions. So it's clear that the more invested you are or the more investment that a treatment takes, the more that you will believe the treatment is affecting you. Now, I didn't say the more you will believe in the treatment working, but the more you will believe it is affecting you, either positively or negatively, which is the nocebo effect, and we'll get to that. But what I also found interesting is included in this article by Dr. A.J. de Cran, Crane, apologies if I am not pronouncing that correctly, said that red, yellow, and orange are associated with a stimulant effect, while blue and green are related to a tranquilizing effect. Now, this is interesting because this gets into color theory, and color theory is essentially the study of how colors work together and how they affect our emotions and perceptions. I also want to point out color frequency because there are seven pure spectral colors in the light color spectrum, and these also associate with the seven main chakras in our bodies. Nothing is coincidence, my friends. All of this is related, so pay attention here. Colors have different frequencies. They have different wavelengths when we're talking about the color spectrum or the light color spectrum. And they correlate to different chakras within your body, which also correlate to different emotions, different mental states, different physical symptoms or physical parts of your body. And now going back to what we were just talking about with the placebo effect and color theory, different colors of treatments, like with pills, for example, different color capsules or different color tablets will evoke different emotions or spark different associations within us intuitively based on the frequency of that color. It's just, it's fascinating. If you really look at it and you look at all of the science behind all that is life, you'll see how deeply connected everything is. And you'll understand why I say that nothing is coincidence. Going back to this article, once again, I wanted to point out how powerful placebo effects are. This is not just something that has a small impact on different studies or is experienced by a small percentage of people. This is actually something that is found to work in at least, at least a third of patients and sometimes in up to 60%. Up to 60% of patients can feel the benefits or the negative effects of a medication if it's a placebo and they have a negative connotation to it. Anyways, we'll get into that. But they can feel the impact. They feel that treatment working even if it is a placebo. Mind-blowing. This just makes you think, like, why do we jump to prescribing medications that you might need to be on for the rest of your life or medications that have significant side effects when we could work through the power of the brain, the power of the mind first, and work with placebo? 
a clinical oncologist and professor of medicine named Robert Buckman actually said that placebos are extraordinary drugs and they seem to have some effect on almost every symptom known to mankind. They have no serious side effects and cannot be given an overdose. In short, they hold the prize for the most adaptable, protein, effective, safe, and cheap drugs in the world's pharmacopoeia. Now, that's a huge statement, and I can answer my own question that I had asked before. Why don't we work through this more? One, it's probably not the most ethical thing if your doctor was to say, I'm going to give you this prescription. It is going to heal whatever it is that you're experiencing, or it's going to benefit you in some way, and then you were to find out that they actually gave you a sugar pill and you were experiencing a placebo effect. Probably not the most ethical way to do things. However, if it worked for you and you healed and you feel better, I mean, is there any harm to that? If there's no other negative side effects, you can't overdose from the placebo. There's no side effect to having the placebo besides the benefits that you experienced. I mean, come on. I would rather that than the pill for every ill approach that we are currently taking, especially with big pharma. And I'm not going to get into all that because I could talk about that for hours. We'll talk about it at some point, but not today. I also, second answer to my question before, the reason that we don't go about this, kind of, I guess, staying in the same vein with Big Pharma, it does not make money. The placebo effect is not profitable because once you're healed, if it works for you, we don't need to prescribe anything else. And that's not the best business plan. When you're trying to make money off of people being sick, you're trying to make money off of people needing continuous care, it's not the best business plan to really make them better. So just because it's become normalized to get something prescribed to you, some type of medication prescribed to you or treatment prescribed that might have some lengthy lists of side effects to come along with it and might need other medications to combat those side effects, just because that's normalized, especially in America, does not mean that it is normal. Now, I'm not totally against modern medicine. Don't get me wrong. I think modern medicine has its place. Emergency medicine has its place. However, we are, as a society, far too quick to jump to quick fixes or looking for shortcuts to healing. And oftentimes those come at a price, not just a dollar amount, but at a price with our health. We pay with different side effects to get better in quotation marks because are we really getting better? So please, before you go running and looking for a quick fix to whatever it is that is popping up for you, try to take the holistic approach and look at your lifestyle, look at your stress levels, look at your environment, look at everything in your life that you could work on without medication and use medication as a last resort. Sometimes it does need to be the extra push to help you get to that level, but this is all case by case. Please, of course, consult with your doctor or talk with somebody you trust about this. You know yourself and your body best. I guess this is a good time to bring up the nocebo effect because I'm talking about side effects. So I wanted to also point out that 
If you go into a treatment not expecting for it to work or you start taking a drug and expect that it's just not going to work for you or you're going to experience certain side effects, well, you are most likely going to be experiencing whatever you believe to be true. So if you believe that this medication, this treatment, whatever it is, is going to generate negative outcomes for you, in this case, you might experience those negative outcomes. And now if we put this into terms of the placebo, if you are taking the placebo drug or you are going through the placebo treatment and you are experiencing those negative side effects because that's what you had anticipated to happen with this treatment, then that is referred to as a nocebo. Now, the nocebo is the opposite of the placebo. The placebo effect is when you experience the positive benefits from something, even though you're not actually being given that treatment or that medication. And the nocebo is when you start to experience the negative effects of that treatment, even though you're not actually experiencing the real treatment. So interesting. Very, very interesting. Food for thought. This actually made me think about the Netflix episode or the Netflix series. I think it's called 100 Humans, if I'm remembering correctly. And essentially, it's a show that I've watched a couple of times, and it's interesting. They have 100 different humans from all walks of life, all different ages, and they are pretty much conducting experiments on these humans willingly. They're, they're signing up for this. And one of the episodes that was really interesting to me was they were trying to see if they could elicit a pain response from a, essentially a placebo experiment. They were using this setup that was supposed to, I believe it was supposed to shock them. It was, it looked like a, a torture chair, honestly. Um, And they got strapped into this chair. They were hooked up to the machine and essentially told that they would be experiencing a really painful shock. And they started it at the lowest level and then worked their way up from there. And these people were wincing. They were terrified. They were scared. But when it came time to deliver the shock, which it was not actually a shock. Again, this was a dummy experiment. The shock did not elicit a pain response. So they did not experience pain and they were just like, oh, I don't feel anything. However, when they flipped the experiment and they decided to test if they would feel pleasure and they could feel more positive sensations, even if the machine wasn't really doing anything, the results were very different. When the subjects of the experiment sat in the chair, were strapped in, and were told that they would be experiencing a blissful feeling or a pleasurable feeling from this laser that was going, I think it was into their wrist, they actually did feel those sensations. They reported at the end, I think it was a scale of 1 to 10. Again, I'm remembering this just off the top of my head, so if I have any of the details wrong, just forgive me. So at the end of the treatment, they would ask them on a scale of one to 10, what are you experiencing? How pleasurable is this sensation? And people were rating it really high, even though it wasn't doing anything. So they were able to put themselves into this state of, oh, I'm going to the spa. And I think that that was a big part of it too. The setting was set up to look more like a spa. So it was truly set up to look like a pleasurable experience. And when they had that expectation, 
they actually experienced those benefits. Now, it's interesting because the people that had the expectation of being tortured did not experience the pain, but the people that had the expectation of relaxing and being put through this blissful, pleasurable sensation type of experiment, they did experience that. So your mind is so powerful, and this just goes to show you can think yourself into experiencing and really realizing the benefits of any type of treatment as long as you believe that they are going to happen for you. This is why affirmations can be extremely beneficial when it comes to your healing journey or manifestation in general. If you work on affirming whatever it is that you are working on programming to your subconscious, you will start to believe that to be true. So if you say, I am abundant or I am healthy, I am healing, my body loves me, I love my body, whatever type of affirmations you're working into your routine, those affirmations are going to reprogram your subconscious so that you believe them to be true. And it's going to impact the way that your treatments work. It's going to impact the way that you view yourself. It's going to impact the way that you treat yourself. It's going to impact the way that you live and the way that you manifest things into your reality. The reason that I wanted to touch on confirmation bias is not because confirmation bias is essentially what will help you with your manifestations, but I want to bring up the concept of confirmation bias because I think that it points to how powerful our subconscious mind is, especially when it comes to our belief systems. Confirmation bias can be defined as the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. Confirmation bias is a cognitive bias, so this is a subconscious bias that involves selecting, perceiving, and interpreting information in a way that confirms our own existing beliefs or hypotheses while disregarding contradictory evidence. This bias ultimately shapes our understanding of reality and can absolutely impact our decision-making processes as well as our overall well-being. Confirmation bias is typically something that has been ingrained in us ever since we were babies, ever since we were children. It is something that we pick up on throughout our lives, and once we believe something to be true, our brain will naturally look for things to confirm that we are correct. It's this idea that we are seeking the validation of our own thoughts or our reality or our perception of reality. This can be challenging, especially when it comes to stereotypes and racism and all different types of issues where we are believing something to be true about others that are different from us in a dangerous or negative way. Unfortunately, we do all fall victim to cognitive bias, and this is something that we can be aware of. Awareness is the first step in addressing any of your cognitive biases. So the first thing that you can do is 
become aware of your bias, and then engage in practices such as critical thinking, self-reflection, and seeking diverse perspectives, especially seeking perspectives that differ from those of your own. This can all help to challenge those ingrained biases that we all fall victim to and open us up to new possibilities and new perspectives. This will also additionally cultivate a sense of openness and curiosity and allow us to embrace the unknown and foster a more flexible and adaptive mindset. I also want to point out that our reticular activating system, or RAS, is a network of neurons located in the brainstem, and it plays a crucial role in regulating not just our sleep-wake transitions and the overall level of our consciousness, but it serves as a filter for incoming sensory information. So it helps us to prioritize and direct our attention to stimuli that we deem important or relevant while filtering out non-essential or irrelevant information. So I bring this up along with cognitive bias or the confirmation bias, which is a cognitive bias, because I want you to understand how truly powerful your mind is. So in other words, the reticular activating system is involved in the regulation of our attention and our focus, so it can help us to direct our cognitive resources towards specific tasks or stimuli, while also filtering out distractions that are trying to pull us away from what we are wanting to prioritize or focus on. This also leads me into that topic of how we can use our reticular activating system and challenge our cognitive biases to help our manifestations. When we are aware of what is going on within our subconscious and we bring it to the forefront, we are able to really dissect and get rid of things that are no longer serving the narrative that we are trying to create moving forward. We can have our past and we can release what no longer serves us in order to move forward. The same goes for our subconscious. You can do the same with your beliefs. You just have to become aware that you have certain beliefs and then do the work to reprogram your subconscious. Now, going back into what I was saying with affirmations before... You can use affirmations to do this. You can use journaling to do this. There are so many different types of manifestation practices and rituals that you can use to reprogram your subconscious to help align you with the life that you're looking to create. But the main thing here is to get clear on what exactly it is that you're working towards and then also understand what is detracting away from that end result. What is keeping you away from that reality that you are looking to experience? Maybe you're looking to heal. Maybe you're experiencing chronic illness or some chronic pain, or there's just something popping up for you that you are looking to overcome. If you don't believe that you can overcome it and you don't believe that you can heal, or maybe you don't believe that you're worthy of healing, there's some kind of thing in your head, there's some kind of belief that makes you feel or believe that you are not worthy of healing, you are going to stay stuck. You're actually allowing yourself to stay stuck by believing that to be true. If you can change your beliefs, start to reprogram your subconscious to believe that you are worthy and capable of healing, it will happen for you. You have to do the work in order to see the results. 
I see this often when people come to see me for energy healing. I notice the most results and the most progress with those who are coming in in full belief that this is going to work for them, in full trust and belief in the energy healing. They trust that it's going to work. They do their own work outside of the sessions to further their process or further their healing, and then the results come. But then I see on the flip side, people come in that are skeptical. Maybe because somebody suggested that they're there, that they go in and try it. Maybe somebody suggested, oh, you need this in your life. And they said, ah, well, I'll give it a shot. But they don't really believe that it would work for them. Then those people do experience a more difficult time on their journey. They have a harder time seeing the results or seeing the benefits of those treatments because they don't believe them to work or they are thinking themselves out of experiencing the benefits. Your mind is so powerful. You can think yourself well, you can think yourself sick. So I'm not saying that the thought process behind the healing is doing all of the work. I think that different treatments, they are playing a decent role in your healing process. But if you don't believe that it's going to work, it's not going to. And this doesn't just apply to healing. Again, this works for all types of different things that you want to manifest. If you are working towards a certain goal, you have to truly believe in your bones. You have to believe that you are worthy of that outcome and that it is absolutely possible for you and that it is coming to you. It's already on its way to you. If you can believe that and you truly believe that it is working its way to you and it's just a matter of time, you're going to see that result. But if you have any blocks, money blocks comes up a lot when talking about this type of stuff. If you have a block that says, I'm not worthy of financial abundance, or I'm not worthy of not living paycheck to paycheck, or maybe you have an idea that money is the root of all evil and it's blocking your abundance, that belief system, whether it's conscious or not, maybe it's just something you haven't really even identified yet, it's going to play into your manifestations. You can either help yourself or hurt yourself in your manifestation journey or in your manifestation practices through your mind. Your mind will help or hurt you. You've got to do the work, get clear on what you're working towards, get clear on what is holding you back or detracting from that end goal, and then figure out how to work towards that with even less resistance with even more alignment. Once you figure out how to align with your end goals and you start to chip away at anything that is holding resistance or any areas of you that are pulling you away from that end result, then that's going to happen for you with so much more ease. So you have to not see it to believe it, but believe it in order to see it. It starts with belief first. You have to believe it in order to ultimately see that manifestation come into your reality, not the other way around. So hear me when I say this, be delusional. Be delusional with your goals. Be delusional with your manifestations. Believe that you are the luckiest person in the world and truly feel that, feel that, believe that, live that. The only thing that you're doing by being skeptical is blocking yourself. 
You are blocking yourself from your manifestations. You are blocking yourself from that abundance of all good things that are wanting to flood in to you. So this is your sign to let go of any doubts that you might be having and just be delusional with your goals. Dream up your life. Believe it in order to see it. All right, I'm going to end this here. I am sure that we will talk about this more in future episodes, but that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that this has helped you to open your mind more to understand your own cognitive biases and to understand how your mind truly creates your reality. If you have any questions, please feel free to share them with me. I would love to hear from all of you. Otherwise, I will talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Awaken with Erica Jade. I hope this conversation provided you with valuable insights and tools to help guide you on your journey towards awakening. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and please take a moment to leave a review. The more reviews that we have, the more the podcast is shown to new listeners. So I greatly appreciate you helping me reach as many people as possible. Also, if you know someone who could benefit from this conversation, spread the love and share it with them. Remember, you have the power within you to create the life that you desire. So keep going and keep growing on your path to awakening. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.